Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line, being joined by Kelly Eco, covers the Rockets for the Athletic. Had a great uh, Rockets free agency primer on the Athletic earlier today. Kelly, thanks so much for taking a few minutes on what is going to be a very busy day. You were one of the first people on this, Kelly, that uh, the Rockets harden. It was a relationship that was not going to have a, a them reunite. It didn't, Harden opting into the deal in Philly. He's going to be traded, it seems like, and not to the Rockets. What is this symbolized for the Rockets not going down the Harden route again? Uh, I think more than anything, it symbolizes a real shift in their culture, or at least their attempt to you know, restore a new path in Houston in terms of you have Emei Adoka now. You know, he's talked a lot about wanting to bring in winning veterans, guys that can help these young players on and off the floor. He wants to bring a defensive mindset. He wants to bring improved shooting to that roster. So not going down the path of Harden as emotional as it might have been, it kind of signals, you know, that this new regime is trying to chart its own path. Kel, on your podcast, you talked about Shen Goon maybe not being happy if they bring in, to your point, right a defensive-minded, rim-protecting big man. I mean, I don't think he's done enough to be in a position where that's something that he should be voicing and or should be a problem because we know for as much as he's got a lot of people excited about what he brings to the table, defense ain't one of them. Right. But, um, you know, I guess from his perspective, you know, coming in, the Rockets get him two first-round picks to get him. You know, he came into the team and had to play behind Christian Wood at times, had to play behind Bruno Fernando. And Shangun's a very prideful guy. You know, he's a very skilled player. But if they were to go in another direction and bring in, you know, a guy like a Brook Lopez or a guy like a, you know, any kind of big man, you know, for, for LP, you kind of have to wonder, like, if they're really going to buy into you long term. And that's kind of where the frustration would come from in terms of, you know, you not feeling like there's enough chance for you to actually spread your wings and develop and actually grow and learn how to be, you know, capable and full-time to be the starter. So that's kind of where it comes from. Kelly Eco joining us on the HRMP guest line. It, it's an interesting dynamic with what the Rockets have going on because they're very young. They have a very young, promising, exciting nucleus with Jalen, Jabari, Alpi. You, like you mentioned, like Ime wants veterans that, that know how to win, defensive mindset, improved shooting. So it's kind of the antithesis of what the Houston Rockets have been so far these last few years. What does that hybrid look like? Like if they're bringing in two to three free agents, how much priority are those guys getting with, let's say, minutes versus the young nucleus that they already have in place? So I think Ime Udoka has kind of expressed that. Even though they're bringing in you know three or four veterans, Nothing is guaranteed in terms of playing time, rotational spots, or everything's going to have to be earned in camp. So I think, you know, even though you do have a young core, Jalen Green, you know, Jabbar Smith Jr., Al Prenshaw, and Tyler Eason, those guys are going to have to compete with whoever's coming in. Now, obviously, the key goal is still to develop those young guys and to augment that core. But Emil Doka is a guy that isn't going to hand out, you know, starting roles to anybody. Like, if you don't get it and, and, and the older guy, is playing the better in camp. He's going to get that spot. It's, it's plain and simple. So it's going to be on the young guys to kind of set their game up and, and kind of actually be serious the time around and, and want to, you know, etch themselves into his rotation. It sounds like that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of these younger guys, too, that have been kind of catered to since they got to the Rockets. And, right. And specifically, right. I'm interested in a guy that you've made sure everybody knows is, is high on the on the list, which is Dylan uh, uh, Dylan Brooks. I look at Dylan Brooks and I say, look, I know that he can defend. 
but I know that he's going to take minutes, and I know that he brings a lot of extra. Is that something that Udoka wants, knows it, and, and do we think there's a lot of competition for Dylan Brooks' services? Um, so in terms of Dylan Brooks, he's kind of like an email guy in terms of a defensive-minded, tough-nosed veteran that's going to bring a lot of grit to the table. Um, he instantly comes and raises the defensive floor and string of that team. Now, obviously, you know, everyone knows about the social media antics and you know, how it ended with, with the Grizzlies, but I just thought that that whole situation was kind of toxic in Memphis, and him coming to a new team or wanting to go to another direction is, is indicative of you know his, his talent level and his and his growth. Kelly Eco joining us on the uh, HR&P guest line. Uh, Kelly, you've mentioned that K.J. Martin is somebody that's on the trade block. It could be a matter of right. moments uh, before he's traded once free agency opens up. If the Rockets do indeed trade K.J. Martin, what kind of return are we looking at? Uh, just because they're, they're trying to you know clear up some more cap space, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded for, you know, couple of picks, you know, just just any draft compensation, really, because the, the goal is to free up as much money as possible this summer. So any move around the margins that, that they can do, you know, to, to give them more flexibility, they're going to explore that. So I don't think if they were to trade KJ, it would be for, you know, more money coming in unless, you know, they're not able to get some of their targets, then that might be an option. We've talked about uh, a lot on this show, specifically about Fred Van Vliet. He's now on everybody's lips about Rockets, Fred Van Vliet seems like a match. Can you tell the listeners why? Why is he? Why is Fred Van Vliet not as sexy a name in Houston as James Harden? But why is Fred Van Vliet a great fit for this Rockets team? Well, he's a winner. He comes in day one, and you know he he commands respect, he commands accountability, and more importantly, on the floor, he's able to get guys in their right spots. He's able to organize the half court offense. He's able to you know be a good point of attack defender. And the Rockets for the better part of the last three years have lacked that. And, you know, that's probably been the biggest reason why some of the key players development have gone by the wayside because, you know, point guard is the hardest position in sport in, in basketball and all credit to Kevin Porter, but he's not, he's not a point guard, you know? So bringing in a guy like a Fred Van Vliet, you do allow yourself to kind of reset the clock a bit and get things in order. Kelly, give me an over/under. When are we? When are we expected to see some of these uh, free agent moves, the free agent transactions? Who's coming to the Rockets? When, when do you think you're going to fire off that first tweet as the uh, the newest Houston Rocket? Uh, I would. I would be. I mean, honestly, my guess would be in the next 48 hours. I think they want to move pretty quickly you know, with some of their targets. So, right. Um, at five o'clock, you know, they're gonna set their meetings with those guys and Lee, Brooke Lopez, and Brooks, you know, Bruce Brown. And they're gonna they're gonna try to move very quickly. But the the one thing that they don't wanna do is have their money tied up, you know, potential potential, you know, guys taking offers home and sleeping on them, they don't want that. So they wanna yes or no. If it's yes, cool. If it's no, they're gonna move on to the next target. Couple, twofold here, Kel. One, how long is the Van Vliet contract if they get it done? We've said we think anything over two would be harmful to the organization. I'm curious if right, you, right. what you think. Yeah, so they're, prioritize, they're prioritizing you know, short-term deals because as a team in Houston, you still want to maintain your flexibility. So you know, giving guys short-term contracts allows your young players to kind of serve as a bridge. So, for example, I mean, Thompson can, can learn under a Van Vliet for two years or even if he's there for a year. And the hope is that, you know, by the end of the contracts, you know, those guys will be fully ready to take on, 
know, real responsibility. So any any target that the Rockets are looking at, especially if they're a bit older, is going to be on a shorter term shorter term deal. And then the second part of that was, is this the true first sign that the power now has shifted more to Udoka than anybody else? Because it seems like if you're going to give this guy this job, he has a certain way he wants to play on both ends. And there were players that I think, specifically a James Harden, that had no business fit, trying to fit into that system. Is this the first sign that Udoka is going to be the guy that they're going to kind of let kind of call the shots more? Yeah, and I think, you know, he brings that pedigree, you know, coming from a team in Boston that was, you know, two wins away from an NBA title. And coming to your organization that hasn't won in, in quite some time, you do have to give him, you know, a pretty long leash in terms of the kind of style he wants to play, the kind of players he wants to get. And those conversations with him in the front office are, are, are extremely candid. And, you know, there's a, good, there's a good back and forth dialogue, although you know that they're still getting to know each other and everything's happening on the fly, but because of the respect that's there, you know, they're able to get things done. Kelly, as you know, the Rockets have to spend at least 50 or nearly $50 million this offseason to hit that salary floor. They have $66 million to spend, by far the most in the NBA. Uh, one scenario that, that we've talked about and that, quite honestly, I'm a fan of, if you miss out on a Fred Van Vliet, if you miss out on a Lopez, if you miss out on a Dylan Brooks, why not? For the Rockets' perspective, why not trade for some salary? Maybe a point guard in the final year of a really bad deal to facilitate a three-team trade where you're using that money essentially to get back tons of draft capital. Yeah, so, you know, in their free agency planning, a lot of scenarios are thrown up the wall, right? So there, there are scenarios that, you know, guys that they want don't end up coming to Houston, and how do they pivot, you know, their, their options to trade for players. Like one name I've heard that if they don't get some of the top guys, Jordan Clarkson with the Utah Jazz. I know he just he opted into his final year of his deal, but that's a guy that can be had via trade. Um, the guys like Clint Capella, if they're not able to get any of their big man targets, he's a name that I've heard still circling around. Just names like that, giving yourself options to take on, you know, add still add older guys to your team, but because you're trading into space and because some of those teams might be looking to get off money. You could see a, a, a deal similar to the John Collins thing where you're only sending back, you know, like a Rudy Gay in a second, like stuff like that. So if they're not able to get some of those top guys, there have been a number of options on how to pivot. So you talked about K.J. Martin. The, the One of the intriguing things to me would be if you say the Rockets are trying to add in free agency, they're trying to bring in, K.J. might be going out. How, how likely is it that the Rockets would be willing to make trades, to Jeremy's point, about trying to acquire players and possibly have to give up some of this core that they've spent so much draft capital trying to accumulate? Is there also a chance that the Rockets are willing to discuss trades where they might start kind of weeding out some of the guys that are in the log jam at certain positions? So, <clears throat> I guess from, from Houston's perspective, every player has their price, but you know, their their goal is not to let that core four go. You know, their goal is to add to add to those guys. So if their moves are on the margins, because it's still a team in phase two, right? If this was phase three we're talking about, then you could kind of get more aggressive in terms of letting certain guys go if if things behoove themselves. But now because they're in phase two, I don't think that they're that, they're that desperate to move off of 
you know, the Jalen and Jabari, the Taris, and the Shenzhen's of the world. So, so you're saying to me that of the core four, KPJ is not one of those four, and Tari Eason is. So, I would put Kevin in the tier right below them, just because you know he wasn't originally drafted by Houston. He wasn't he wasn't quote unquote part of this rebuild. He was added, you know, out of circumstance. But you know, they still value him pretty highly in Houston. But I wouldn't consider him in that first upper echelon tier of guys that you know have been you know got brought in the first round. Part of this losing process, but they've been able to extract some of these gems. You know, part of this um, rebuild. So that's how I'm classified. Before we let you go, is there one surprise name that maybe we haven't considered or you haven't considered that might be someone the Rockets bring in? Uh, Kyrie Irving. I think if if there if somehow some way Fred Lee goes elsewhere, I think he's a name that they appear to pretty quickly. <laughs> and you know, given some on vacations, you know they they hope to get a meeting with him and. He's a guy that's still a talented, you know, player, former All Star, former champion. He does come with a, some question marks because of some of the stuff that's happened behind the scenes. But you know, he's still a guy that I, I would be keeping my eyes on if I'm not able to get some of those top guys. Kelly, what time are you anticipating going to bed tonight? So, like three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. Appreciate your work. We'll be following along. NBA free agency sure is going to be a wild ride. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. No problem. That's Kelly Eco covers the Rockets for the Athletics. Kyrie Irving possible. Let's discuss. Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five.